0: Please visit jcastnetwork.org.
1: Welcome to the Daily DAF Differently. I'm William Friedman, and today we're studying Tubote 34. Today's DAF is an extended conversation on the general topic we've been dealing with for a while now. When one crime results in both a monetary fine and corporal punishment, do we impose both or only the more severe? There's also, by the way, an interesting tangent on this stuff, into the question of how to treat food cooked in violation of Shabbat, but unfortunately we're going to have to skip that today. What we will see today is actually really going to open up for us the point of issuing monetary fines, so I'm really glad you're with us. To get into today's conversation, we actually need to go back to 33B and really review what we talked about but didn't see on the bottom of 31b. The Talmud is quite hyperlinked here. The fundamental issue that set this whole thing in motion is the fact that our Mishnah requires paying a fine in cases in which Mishnah Makot 3.1 requires you to get lashes. So far the Gemara has tried to introduce distinctions between the two Mishnayot in order to avoid claiming that one could actually suffer both the monetary and the corporal punishment. On 33b, however, the early Amorah from the land of Israel, Reish Lakish, says that in fact our Mishnah represents the position of Rebbe Meir, who indeed thinks that one can receive both a monetary fine and lashes for the exact same act. What's more, the Talmud even brings a Brita that Rebbe Meir might think, that one must pay a fine in certain cases, even when one gets the death penalty, and that's against the position recorded in the Mishnah. That Braita says, Tanya, Ganav vitavach Bishabat, Ganav vitavach la'avodat kochavim, Ganav shor haniskal utvacho, Mishalim tashlume arba'a chamisha, Divrei Rebbe Meir, V'chachamim potrim. So, if someone stole and then slaughtered that animal on Shabbat. Or someone stole and slaughtered the animal for the sake of idol worship. Or someone stole an shor haniskal, uh, an animal that was convicted of a crime for which it needs to get uh, stoned. Um, and those are often sexual crimes. If, the, if someone had sex with the animal, um, that animal has to be killed. utvacho and slaughtered it. That person must still pay f- the four or five times penalty described at the end of Exodus chapter twenty-one, according to Rabbi Mayer. While the sages exempt him. But remember, if I slaughter on Shabbat, I'm obligated the death penalty if I do it on purpose with witnesses, and I'm obligated to karet. We're not going to revisit that, but we saw that on Thoth thirty-one, right? If I if I do it without being warned and without witnesses, um, and I slaughter it on Shabbat, I get karet. So let's assume for the moment that there were witnesses in mourning, right? So I get the death penalty, but Ribby Mayer says I need to pay the fine, the four or five times the principal for stealing the animal, even though I'm going to get the death penalty. So the Talmud initially tries to deal with it by saying that, in fact, in these cases, someone else is doing the actual slaughtering. That's most of the bottom of 33B and the majority of 34A. We, however, are going to pick up on the bottom of 34a, right at the bottom, with the position of Raba, because he reads this Breitah according to what seems to be its simple meaning. Raba Amar, Le'olam Now turn the page to the top of 34b. V'rebimeyer loke'u itle, meitu mishalem le'tle. So Rabbah says, le'olam. Now, le'olam is actually a very, very important technical term. If you're trying to learn Gemara in the original, you have to know what this term means. Le'olam means not always. That's sometimes what le'olam means, but not always. Here, le'olam actually means we're going to return to a rejected opinion, a rejected read of a text. It was rejected for some logical reason. We're going to return to that. We're going to say that was actually the meaning of that text and then we'll deal with the logical problem that led us to reject it in the first place. So remember how I just said that many, many people on the bottom of 33b and the top of 34 and most of 34a, they read that Beraita that we talked about as saying, "No, no, the slaughtering wasn't done by the thief, the slaughtering was done by somebody else." But Rabbah says, "No, no, no, that's silly. Toveh hayadayatmo, that actually the same person who stole it." in fact, slaughtered it on Shabbat. So even though they're going to get the death penalty, they still have to pay. Rebbe Meir has the position, Loke he holds that, in fact, one can get, the, get lashes and have to pay. However, he does not generally hold the position, that if it's a death penalty crime, you have to pay. So what's going on here? Here you have to pay, and you're going to get the death penalty. So here's how Rabbah explains it: Shanehane. These cute, a little poetic. Shanehane. These are different. These three cases are really the two cases. The first two cases are what we're seriously talking about here. Sure, any skull is a different issue. Um, these first two cases, where you would get the death penalty, and nevertheless, Rabbi mayor says you have to pay. They are different. Why? Chidushu shechid shetayra beknas that in fact, there's something unique about them. The Torah came up with a unique status for fines, and that renders these different than general cases of incurring a monetary penalty. Afal de even though you get killed, you get the death penalty for having done this, for having slaughtered on Shabbat, Mishalim, you still have to pay the fine for having slaughtered a stolen animal. Now, we're gonna deal with the content of this in a moment, but let's just keep going. the rabba That rabba in saying this is following reasoning that is clear from another position that he holds, namely the Raba, as rabba himself says, haya gdigenuvlo utvacho beshvat kha'av, shekvar nitkha'ev bigneva kodem shiyavoli deisur shabbat. Gana v'tavach patur. She'im Kneva So Rabbah has two different cases here. The first one is you have a kid, namely a baby goat, that was stolen by him not on Shabbat. Gediga nuvlo. It was stolen at some other point. Now it's Shabbat utvacho, and he slaughters it on Shabbat. In that case, he is Khayav, the thief is Khayav. Khayav here meaning he is Khayav to pay the four or five times penalty for stealing an animal, even though he's slaughtered on Shabbat and is going to get the death penalty. Why? That in fact, he became obligated in the theft and implying and anything to do with that theft before he violated any isur Shabbat, before he violated any Shabbat prohibition whatsoever. That, by the way, has shades of Rav Hista from thirty-one. You're welcome to listen to that and see how that would might fit together. Case number two is Ganav v'Tavach Bishabbat. What if I? What if the thief steals it and slaughters it on Shabbat? Right. In other words, the theft has happened on Shabbat, and the Shabbat violation has happened on Shabbat. The Shabbat violation of of uh, of of slaughtering it. Patur In that case, he doesn't have to pay the monetary fine. He's just going to get the death penalty for violating Shabbat. Why? If he never became obligated in the geneva in having to pay the principal of the object that he stole or the animal that he stole in this case, then which means it doesn't matter if he slaughters it or sells it. Those are the things that incur the four or five times penalty. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, does not apply unless he's obligated for the principal as well. So, the question on the table is why would Rabbah think that one cannot incur the obligation to repay the principal of a stolen object if one incurred the death penalty simultaneously, but if the obligation to repay had been incurred before Shabbat? one can simultaneously be required to pay the fine associated with an act that incurs the death penalty. To simplify that a little bit, why are fines different than the principle in this regard? So I'll give you two options. A formalistic response would see the distinction as simply technical. Fines are dependent on the moment the repayment obligation is incurred rather than on the moment when the fine is incurred. In other words, if you steal the animal before Shabbat, you become obligated in paying the principal. So therefore we only look at that moment in time, we don't look at the moment when you actually end up slaughtering it or selling it, which if it happens on Shabbat, at least for the slaughtering you would get the death penalty for. However, if you stole it on Shabbat, since you can't become obligated on Shabbat for a death penalty for pay, for repayment in the face of a death penalty offense, then it doesn't matter if you it doesn't matter you're never going to have to repay it. Okay. If that descript- if that even if that is descriptively accurate however, it doesn't tell us why. It doesn't tell us why the fines are tagged to the original crime rather than the moment that they are actually incurred. And here I just want to point out Rashi. Rashi normally extraordinarily helpful here gives us I think actually a very unhelpful formulation. He says since the Torah describes the fines as being four or five times the value of the stolen animal, four or five times the principal, if one were exempt from the principal, right, the value of the animal, but obligated in the fine, then you would end up paying only three or four times the animal, right? Instead of it being arba'a va four or five, it would only being arbaa, three or four. Now, we could go much further down this rabbit hole, but I don't think that's actually going to take us anywhere useful. So what do I think is a better answer? Here's something more substantive. It goes to the nature of principle and fines. The principle, principal here means the amount of the animal that you have to repay because you stole it. Principle is about restitution. I took your stuff. I owe it to you. I have to pay you back. Fines are more complicated in their purpose. Fines are about deterrent on some level. If the cost of taking your stuff is higher, I'm not gonna do it. That's one thing that fines are about. But if we think about it, fines are also about restitution. How is that? Not only did I steal your cow, not only did I take the value of your cow, I stole your cow, but think about it. I also stole the time it will take you to buy a new cow or to sue me to get the cow back Right? I stole not just the thing itself, but I stole all manner of time and resources having to do with the thing itself. So a fine, therefore, is not just about a deterrent, but is actually about compensating in an inexact way, but compensating nevertheless for the stuff ar- that I stole from you around the principle of the object itself, more than just what the object was worth. So once we realize that fines have this dual aspect, then, in fact, it makes sense to say, in a situation in which I already owe you the principal, I stole it before Shabbat, I will of course owe you the fine, the fine which contains restitution as well. As for understanding the principle of why one doesn't need to pay even the principal in the face of a severe violation, metu mishalim, we don't give you both the death penalty and make you pay even the principal back. Well, stay tuned for that. That's the topic of the second Mishnah, and once we get there, we'll talk about that. As always, I'm really happy to read your comments at
0: jcasnetwork.org. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.